Welcome to VG Empire 122. Uh, I'm well. I'm usually your host, Brett Elston, but this time around, hi everybody. No, this uh, <laughs> this all Tobal episode yeah. brought to you by Dave, me, and also Square Enix who made the game. Yeah, and misplaced nostalgia. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey. Uh, but yeah, what what number That's did you say this was? That's Chris. Everybody. Uh, hi everybody. Uh, this it's, is 122. Okay, because uh, I would say it's number one, uh, like Tobal number one. I see. Which is celebrating its. 20th anniversary, wow, in a couple of weeks. So the end of September is when it turns 20. I believe we'll be talking about it on 302010 soon. Yeah. Uh, Which normally this is one of those uh, I normally would take an episode, uh, take a, a game or a series. And it's usually something I'm familiar with. But Tobal is something that like I've never played. I've never listened to the music. But then when you saw the game come up on the list for 302010, our podcast that looks at what happened 30, 20, and 10 years ago, week mm-hmm. by week. Uh, you're like, oh, dude, Tobal's got great music. I, yeah, great music, great series. Uh, I mean, it doesn't have the best reputation here in America. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, as most people will know it, it's the mm-hmm. game. It, it's derivatively called the Packin' Game that yeah. came with the Final Fantasy VII demo. Demo, yeah, for PS1. Uh, and that's how I got into it at first. Like, I, it was a store called Microplay, which uh-huh. is a couple of blocks away from my house when I grew up, and... I remember going there and I'm like, oh wow, that game's got Final Fantasy VII. This is like when I was at like my peak of RPG fandom, yeah. and then I start playing the game itself, and it was also really cool. And it's a, uh, so it's a one-on-one fighting game, one-on-one fighting Poli- game, a polygonal fighting game yeah. at a time. So this is '96. So Tekken Two had just come out. So there's definitely competition. Yeah, but this had some unique thing to it, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Uh, I guess to start it, the the Tobal and Tobal Two, they're both developed by Dream Factory, which is a company led by Seiichi Ishii, who had worked on both the Tekken Virtua Fighter franchises beforehand mm-hmm. and after Tobal. They kind of like they still did do stuff, and sure. they since then they worked on like Iron Guys and Bouncer. Ah, yes, and even the UFC Tap Out, and they made God Tosh- bless the ring. Yeah, and they made to- a Toshinden reboot on the Wii. So like wow. fighting is like it's in their DNA, and right. like. This was a lot different than the fighting games at the time. Like Aragons. Tekken, Virtua Fighter were just getting like more and more realistic yeah. and like uh, you know great textures and all that. But mm. uh, Tobal, one of the one of the complaints people levied against it mm. is that it doesn't look great. Right. It's because it's all non textured polygons. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, it it played it played in sixty frames per second, mm-hmm. right? Which was you know kind of unprecedented at the time, especially whole on adventure mode. Yeah, yeah, I that was the, really neat. So much of this game like was not done before and barely done since. Like the the combat itself was unique in that it's truly in three dimensions. Mm-hmm. Like not like yeah. Toshinden where you press the the trigger buttons and mm-hmm. you go to the foreground or background or Tekken or Virtual Fighter where like a kick will send you a little bit right, like in one direction. But you're still always playing on a 2D plane, but that's not the way that Tobal works. You had sidestep buttons, right? You, in Tobal it was like up made you go to the the background, down mm-hmm. made you go yeah, towards so the screen. Yeah, so it's like Power Stone sort of. Kind of, yeah. Where you can actually roam around the environment and yeah. and not be each each time the fighters are always locked on some kind of 2D plane, mm-hmm. even though you're in a 3D world. But to simplify the combat, Tekken and such would yeah. like generally limit you to this plane, whereas this and Power Stone, you can yeah. actually run around in a circle if you wanted to. Yeah, so, it, I mean, the combat takes a lot of getting used to, and I bet if, even if I tried to go back to it nowadays, uh-huh. I'd, I'd stumble a bit because, like... There is a dedicated jump button. There's a dedicated right. block it's the button. Start button, I believe, by it's, default. It's, it's weird and like, it's like a lot. A lot of throws or ba- like you, you can reverse throws and do weird stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it just felt unique and like looked unique. And it had this quest mode, which was also a really 
kind of unprecedented thing. Like yeah. every other game, when you're playing single player, it's well, fight eight to twelve people in a row, and then you get an ending, and then that's it. But yeah. this, like, the quest mode will take you a lot of time mm-hmm. because it's. Uh, I think at the very least, it's like a three or four floor dungeon where you have to go through like preceding floors and uh, kind of use like RPG like items. Like there are there's food that you can use to heal yourself between battles, which mm-hmm. are like you just run into a couple of them on every floor. Right. But there's also potions which you can use, and some of them have good effects. Like they'll make you fight really fast, or it'll give you extra health. But then there's also stuff that will poison you or get you like drop you immediately to one health and yeah. it's like you can either find out for yourself by using it on yourself or using it on the enemy and it changes mm. every time so like if you learn it one time next time it's going to be a whole different yeah. ball game and yeah it's th- just a lot of work like um most of those one-on-one fighting games like you said it's just arcade mode and yeah maybe some kind of survival thing but this adding because tekken 3 added had like tekken force where it's like a final fight style yeah. beat up game but even that's not this no, but th- it makes sense to a degree because it's like if you're going to go to the trouble of making a system in which 3D polygonal <laughs> characters can navigate a, a floor. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, take the time and put some hallways together and make a grindable dungeon, and uh, you'll have a unique selling point. It, it, it's really punishing, too, because the last one to unlock, the very last character, is 30 floors. Jesus. And if you die on the 29th floor, which will take you, like, well over an hour to get to, start over. Jesus. And uh, Is the last character the geckos that dance? No, the it's lizards? called... The, the last character is called Toriyama Robo, because <laughs> the... The the designer of the game is Akira Toriyama. By that point, yeah, he had just come off of Chrono Trigger and Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But there, so I love the characters in this game. Uh, Like, you want to stick with the word love? I like. I really like (laughs) the characters in this game. I still, um, I I don't use aim all that much anymore. But my Mm -hmm. aim icon is a robot called Home from this game. H O M. Oh wow! And it's your Gmail too. Right? Yeah, oh, that's it? what that oh, yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, there he is, right there. Wow, you can see him. I wondered what that was for so long. Yeah, it, it, it's wow. funny because cred, like, cred proved. Holy cow! Yeah, uh, I don't know why I hadn't changed it, but I, I, I really <laughs> like it. And like when you play the game, like one of the things that like also kind of attracted me to the game is that like it it has been translated and all that, but like right. the characters still all speak in Japanese, so it still uh, felt like I was playing this like weird import game. Sure, and. Uh, home has a voice like Jerry Lewis. Yeah, yeah. So like Jerry Lewis, but in Japanese. Oy, yeah, Luigi. exactly. Uh, not this uh, the the- And this game is also notable for being Square's first PlayStation game. Right? What? Yeah, like all huh. the magazines are hyping this up. Like Square's finally making a PlayStation game. And yeah. if you think at this point, like I don't know if there had been an American Square game that wasn't on a Nintendo platform at this point. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like I think it, famously when Square jumped ship to yeah. PlayStation, it was like, that's really bad news for the N64 and Nintendo in general. And in, in a sense, you can't put it all on Square, yeah. but Nintendo never really recovered from that, yeah. uh, losing that exclusivity on the N64 and the GameCube. Like, yeah, it got some spinoffs and it got some Square love, but nothing like it did on yeah. NES and Super NES, and it never really... Well, the Wii know. succeeded well despite that, but like in Wii U, same thing. Like without Final Fantasy, without that, like that's a huge thing for Japanese audiences. And then where Japanese development goes, especially in the '90s, that usually determined your success. Um, but yeah, this was then famously the demo game yeah. packed in. The game packed in with a demo because yeah. uh, this was a, a lot of Western folks' first taste for FF7. Yeah, and I think I did play this demo a lot, just over and over again. Yeah, but. 
Um, and that also worked against its favor. Like, everyone's expecting, oh, Square Enix is finally making a PlayStation game, mm. and it's a yeah. fighter? And same thing happened with Bouncer years later. You're yeah. like, PS2 game, what are you doing? Yeah. I don't want this from you. Or kind of like when Rockstar, like, they're making a 360 yeah. game. Table tennis. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's then, like, But I would still say it's, it's more evocative of a different time in gaming, the PlayStation One was so magical for experimentation. It was so cheap to develop for. It's like the last machine that was cheap to develop for. Yeah, like inexpensive to develop for, and then to produce the yeah. media. Like CDs are so cheap. Here's so. an impression of something that was said a lot during the PS One that'll never be said again by any publisher. Mm-hmm. Hey, this genre is doing well. Why don't yeah. we try something there? <laughs> yeah, that lo- of, that'll never happen again. Yeah, a lot of experimentation. Unless you're Blizzard. So I feel I feel like in a way this game was kind of like a test bed for Square to do a lot of things like oh should we do non texture polygon should we do this should we do that and it kind of manifests in the soundtrack itself which uh, the soundtrack for Tobal Number One you uses eight of Square's composers wow. composers at the time so it was kind of just like a everybody get in the water let's all see what this kind of uh, what this medium can let us do with yeah. music and there's some big names in here like the title track that brought us in was Yasunori Mitsuda who's yeah. Chrono Trigger, Chrono Cross, like, yeah, uh, one of the biggest names you could throw around. Yeah, but yeah, also included on the soundtrack is uh, I'm gonna botch some of these: Yasuhira Kawakami, Ryuji Sasai, Masahashi Hamazu, Junya Nakano, Kenji Ito, Mariko Matsueda, and Yoko Shimomura. Shimomura, and Kingdom uh, Hearts. Yeah, and uh, the Wikipedia Street page. Fighter Two. The Wikipedia page kind of like. It tells it describes like the various genres these these songs sort of fit into. So uh, it has a mixture of instrumental, electronic, with styles ranging uh, in hip hop, ambient, eighties groove, jazz, and Latino. Uh, because there's so many different musicians making it. Like I, yeah, I don't know where I've read it, but I believe someone I, I've heard this described as world music. It's kind right. of just like you can't really tie it to any one culture or place. It just kind of is this melting pot of music. True. So I've chosen three songs from Tobal Number One because I still think Tobal Two is the better soundtrack overall. Uh, so from this batch is Cloud City. Uh, so that one is from Kenji Ito, who worked on the uh, Romancing Saga series, Chocobo Racing, Sword of Mana, and is co-orchestrator in the Puzzle and Dragon series. Uh, after that is Polanto, which is from Masahashi Hamazu, who would go on to work on Final Fantasy X, uh, Final Fantasy VII: Dirge of Cerberus. And Final Fantasy 13, 13 2, and Lightning Returns. And last but not least is Aqua and Trees, which was done by Yoko Shimomura, who worked on Street Fighter 2, Super Mario RPG, Parasite Eve, Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. Sorry if that uh, brings up some bad memories with you guys. And five games in the Mario and Luigi series. So once again, Cloud City, Polanto, and Aqua and Trees.
Yeah, so that was it's all worldly music. <laughs> I always that, love a good whistle. Me yeah. too. It sounds it, that sounded like right at home is like a in a Brazilian World Cup scenario. Yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking of is our the Blanca theme yeah. that from Street Fighter Two that she worked on. So it's like I could see where the idea is. It's even called what Aquan Trees, Aquan which trees. is the background of yeah. Blanca stage. So kind of got that vibe from that, and then the middle one. It was just very smooth, like yeah. very like jazz. I thought it, it was like a jazz flute or something in there. Just like yeah. easy, easy listening. The first one would have felt right at home on a Paul Simon album. That's <laughs> as world music as you can get. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. it's I, all all these are stage themes, and right. even though I've put between the two games dozens of hours into the Tobal series, I cannot tell you which stage those are attributed to because, for one thing, like the Tobal. Stages are not that memorable, right. it, and they, yeah. it's not like a Street Fighter thing where you immediately have this right. like association between That's things. Such a strange thing that like is really lost. I feel in the last ten years yeah. of for fighting games, even Street Fighter four and five kind of do this a little, but uh, other games in general, just like characters not having defined themes, stages not having defined themes. It's like that's what makes you remember and yeah. really things really stick in your head. Is like that's this stage, that's this character. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and also. The music is a little samey in this game. That's why I chose more from Tobal too. Sure. Like, yeah, I think everyone's kind of given a directive where it's like it's a world fighting tournament, so we'll yeah. all have this kind of worldly music that right. every culture can feel something when. It's also it. like you said, Square wanting to like let a bunch of people experiment maybe with like it's our first game, so let, explore the hardware, find out what you can do, and yeah. where you feel comfortable and. Mitsuda will be back with Chrono Cross in a few years, anyway. So, though uh, none of the, none of those composers will be back for Tobal right. Two. Right. Uh, so Tobal Two, uh, the composer was Tak Takayuki Nakamura, Nakamura, who composed for games like Virtua Fighter and Iron Guys. But yeah, it kind of sort of sticks to the first ones, like kind of weird fusion music, but is a little bit more kind of broken out in its own way. Mm. Uh, but Tobal 2 itself, you know, it sadly never came to America. What? I remember reading about it in magazines and getting so excited because, <laughs> like, so the, it looks great compared to the first game. The first game has very blocky polygons, and this one, like, everyone's kind of, they're smoother looking, and it still keeps 60 frames per second. Mm. Look to it, and it's it's that was amazing. Back before anybody knew that was important, yeah, that, that was really important for a three D fighting. Game. Yeah, so it, yeah, it was not released in America due to Tobal One's uh, low sales, and also the general consensus at Square that Final Fantasy VII was the only thing that sold right. uh, Tobal One. And uh, Square Rest would later add that the the way that the quest mode displays text made it almost impossible to translate without making the file size of the game too big. Huh. Uh, but it, it did improve on the original in a lot of ways. Um, one one way you would not expect it to improve, or that a game like this would even add, is that there are now fireballs. Uh, so you, you press. So it's ba- a fighting game now. Yeah, but it's still like <laughs> when you take when you think about the game being mm-hmm. in that same three D perspective. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what you have to do is you press back twice, and I think square, and then same thing for every single character. Mm-hmm. They will charge a projectile, but the longer they charge, the more of their own energy gets sapped away. Mm-hmm. But the longer that you charge is also the stronger that the th- the fireball being thrown at your opponent will be. But it's very easy to just sidestep yeah. it. Yeah. But if it's a de- it's a des- desperation thing where I've, like you're both at like a sliver of energy left right. and he's coming towards you and you know he's not going to sidestep, you just boom hit him with a fireball mm-hmm. and it's a it's 
very risk reward thing. And I, right. lo- I love that the the explanation the explanation is that it was illegal in the first toe ball tournament, but now <laughs> now they've allowed it, and everyone can throw fireballs. Because wow. the first one was much more virtual fighter or Tekken, yeah. where it's more melee fisticuffs. Yeah. Uh, so they added two uh, ma- two new main characters to the uh, original cast, but the big addition is that the uh, quest mode has been totally revamped and is way bigger. So before it was just like choose your dungeon, fight in the dungeon, then move on. Uh, but now the uh, quest mode has an overworld where mm, you go wow. between these dungeons, NPCs to talk to. Uh, but more importantly, you can use crystals to capture enemies. So Jesus. there are uh, throughout the game there are two hundred characters that you can add to the roster of I believe sixteen. What year did this come out? Nineteen ninety seven. Wow. So I thought that this was like a total no-brainer, like a fighting game where there are up to 200 characters. Mm-hmm. This game sells itself. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like in the 90s and 2000s where right, it's like yeah, the yeah. roster size is tantamount. Like, yeah, where NBC2 is like 56 characters. Yay! Yeah, you gotta get it. You'll never run out of any. Anyway. I swear there's not 30 yeah. in here that are not viable. And, oh my God, if you go through that list, like I remember I had a Dex drive. That oh, you yeah. copy saves to, yeah. and I got one that had every single character, and it's like, well, half these characters are useless. They're yeah. they're th- like little enemies you run into in the quest mode that have like two moves. So it's like, here's a robot that guards this door. It can kick you or punch you, and <laughs> that's it. And good luck using this against a character that has fireballs right. and counters and and uh, throws and all that. But and, think of the bragging rights. But they let you play as characters like the chocobo Ooh. and like a giant uh, bear or a dog or like weird little things here and there and also a lizard nice. who dances. Man, that video is so good. Uh, but yeah, that that's actually what happens when you beat the game with a non-main character because then well, another very minor thing they added uh, but I hope to one day do an ending theater for is that they added CG endings for all of the Tobal two characters, right. like the main characters. But then when you beat it with some rando, it's right. just them doing this like little ki- like kind kind of capoeira dance. It's a dance, but then like it's this gecko lizard looking guy doing a pretty aggressive. So you think you can dance performance? Yeah, it's pretty uh, good. It's really good. Uh, so the Tobal two soundtrack, as I mentioned before, uh, Nakamura who did uh, Virtual Fighter and Air Guys. Uh, so when asked in an interview about who he was mo- most influenced by, Nakamura stated that he was influenced by the music styles of Chick Corea, Herbie Hancock, and Jeff Beck. So All right. uh, a, a weird eclectic uh, batch of musicians and still trying to keep to that original game's vibe of like worldly music, but also as many different styles as you can fit in. Sure. So uh, we're going to go through two batches of uh, music from Tobal 2. First is Checkered Career, which this is... Kind of an adapted version of the opening CGI cutscene. Uh, this is what basically welcomes you to the game. Uh-huh. Uh, then there's the original number five. And, Alive! <laughs> and then the Grody Boy. So once again, <laughs> Checkered Career, original number five, and Grody Boy.
Those are all delightful. Yeah, yes. I'm, I'm way more into this one. Grody Boy one. sounds like, <laughs> like a man. If I just got laid in Tokyo and mm. woke up the next day and I'm strolling down the street <laughs> with a triumphant <laughs> cigarette in my mouth, <laughs> that is the, that is the music I would hear in my head. Treating myself to that Shibuya Taco yes. Bell. Chris's yeah. life credits right I there. I am mm. way more into the the song names as well because the first one it just sounds like right. they're describing the stages, yeah, which yeah. as I mentioned before are not they're one of the least uh, impactful yeah. and things that you'll notice from Tobal number 1. These are just like I feel like these are supposed to be attributed to characters. A little more. Like I think Gren who's like this kind of he's kind of like the Gren is like the Ken of uh, the Tobal series. I think he's the Grody boy. And number <laughs> the original number 5 I think might be home cuz it's Mother he's robot. a robot. Wow. Original number 5. He's funnier than uh, Johnny 5 I'm going to say really? personally. Yeah, he's, wow. he's he's Japan's Johnny 5. Oh. And then wow. check your careers. That's the intro. So check your career was great. <laughs> that was such a uh, weather on the eights, like yeah. local on the eights jam, which and, I am super into. Yeah, I, I'll have to show you guys that some other time. But like the opening cutscene, like the the first game has a good co- up opening cutscene, and it's you know it, the it's a great game. But when I got Tobal two, which I had to do by getting my PS one modded and then importing the game, so it was like yeah, probably like one hundred and fifty bucks for the whole deal. And then I like I remember I rode my bike to this this game store, and then I rode it back, and like the first thing I see when I start this game is like this insane cutscene where they're now using fireballs and this like that song Checker Career, mm-hmm. which is like the the intro movie is just like it's slightly different and it has like a little bit more like ambient sound to it so it's like it's really cool and it's like I put it up there with Tekken 2 where it's just like Whoa. the amount that like Strongly. like me seeing well it's because I have this the, like, yeah, the yeah. context of playing Tobal 1 and like it's a great game but it's kind of plain looking yeah. and this that song just kind of kicks you in the face and like because uh-huh. they, they also got ha, has all these CG scenes of like some of your favorite characters and some new characters and like what they're up to right. and it kind of cheats by using a lot of en- ending footage and just uh-huh. like repurposing it but you don't really notice uh, but uh, yeah, I just love Checkered Career for that because it oh, kind of great. Yeah, uh, so we're gonna move on to another batch of Tobal Two songs. These ones are called "Knock My Door," <laughs> "Beating Hard," oh, and wow. "HN." Man, I feel like that's telling a story. Yeah, no. "Knock My Door," "Beating Hard," and "HN."
screaming synth. Very happy with all of But that. yeah, the bass yeah. guitar, the bass line and all those are great. Yeah. And it, for whatever reason, that first one, I was starting to get Genesis vibes, mm-hmm. like a little Yuzo Koshiro, yeah. uh, just a little bit, yeah. a little crunchier. To yeah. That. And I, I mean, yeah, something that this game has, like, going for that Tobal 1 didn't, is that, like, yeah, it has, Tobal 1 had a, like, a dream team from Dream Factory of composers <laughs> working on all these songs, but like because you've got all these different composers, yeah. the sound, sound isn't as unified. Whereas Tobal Two, I think, has more of a unified sound, like right. a lot of piano stuff and a lot of guitar stuff. Yeah, I guess they didn't have something like Smash Brothers to be a template for. Yeah, we're inviting a dozen composers, yeah. but it's under the direction of one, yeah. and you'll get this coherent sound. So don't please don't just play with nineteen yeah. different genres. And again, this is, is it. Kind of has the same pitfall of Tobal One, where the stages are not memorable. It's right. like the characters look memorable, the quest mode's memorable, the fighting itself is really great, but the the stages itself, it's like, well, when you're putting so much focus on, you know, these non-textured characters that go at sixty frames per second, you can't have these insane backgrounds. It's just yeah. like, well, this one looks like yeah. kind of like a volcano. This one kind of looks like yeah. a beachside. This yeah. looks like this, looks like, like that. and That's how F-Zero X was for the N64. Yeah. This whole era, this the PS1 N64 generation really was yeah. a... The, process, the power wasn't there, so there was always yeah. a, there was always a trade-off of like, well, F-Zero X, you yeah. can have a 60 FPS uh, racing game, yeah. but we got to make the textures pretty flat, yeah. like not shaded or lit all that dynamically, not a lot of cool textures going on, and the backgrounds are kind of like just an, an abyss yeah. for the most part. But... Man, does it look great. It is screaming fast compared to, like, Tekken 3, which looks phenomenal and runs great. But I assume Tekken 3 was running at 30. I actually don't know. But I would believe that Namco found a way. I can't remember off the top of my head. But, But yeah, I mean, it is stark contrast. Like, Tekken was kind of in that same area where it's like, I kind of remember some of the stages and some of the songs associated with them. The baseball, that's the one I always (laughs) think of. Uh, uh, but like not like Street Fighter where it's like the stages are yeah. like they're tied to characters so you just know them and whereas yeah. this it's not I just and, miss that like because yeah 4 and 5 Street Fighter it's like yeah this is kind of this character stage yeah. but it's like not really yeah um, and, and not really a theme song for this character either yeah I mean thing, I think one of the biggest missed opportunities in both Tobal games is that the music there's not a lot of music to the quest mode mm. like for the uh, for the original one, it's just like this kind of generic guitar riff that goes on <laughs> forever and ever and ever. But like, yeah, they, I, I thought like, oh, you're working on all these RPGs. Mm-hmm. Why not put some RPG style music yeah. in the quest modes? But didn't really work Especially out that way. Especially something with an overworld, like you'd think. Yeah, yeah. I just it's all, all very kind of generic stuff. But I mean, the stages itself, I just love kind of yeah. how it's a lot like um like we did that loaded episode a while ago where it's yeah. just like. The music itself is just so easy to listen to, yeah. and it's like this is great, like desk work music. To yeah. Me. Oh yeah. And yeah. then it's like, tell me what stage this is from. The, I couldn't. The tell other me. gross prison stage. Yeah. Um, for what's worth, that loaded episode is four and a half years old. Damn. Really. VGMPAR uh, wow. everybody. Uh, but the music is timeless, and it so is. is this music. I, I yeah. love it, and I, I love the games, and I think that's just. I, I don't know if it's partly just because I've been playing. I played so much of these games that the song just embedded themselves in. Yeah. Into my brain. You're but the I only j- person I've ever met that has said the word to me. Tobal. Yeah. Tobal. Uh, yeah. Both games are classics to me, and they're really not easy to get. Like mm. they've never. I. They've never been re-released in America in any mm. notable yeah. form. Like you've got to find the PlayStation disc or There's other a format. Mobile version on. Is from there? 07. Yeah, but only in Japan. 
for Flo it's, and it's a new game. It's Tobal. Yeah. It's called Tobal M. Yeah, Sorry, I'd and never I saw that they re-released Tobal Two ten years later mm-hmm. in Japan again. So mm-hmm. 2007. So it hasn't been completely ignored. But it's only been mostly ignored. I mean, bear in mind that 2007 was nine years ago. Yeah. So Jesus, it's uh, it's been forgotten. Yeah, um, but we missed this one. Well, yeah, yeah we lost no, Tobal. Yeah, I don't know. There, there was also that group, um, Monkey Paw, I believe, who who re-released a lot of the uh, like. PlayStation 1 games on PSN for PS3. Mm. Oh. Yeah, so like I thought maybe they would be an avenue we could have got Tobal 2 in America by, but I think it's just Square Enix's, like, they wouldn't want someone else to re-release their games. Yeah, I, think I mean, it's kind you, of a... they could go through, like, Square and Sony could work out to put it up on the import store. Yeah. It's like a Capcom, we got up uh, some of the Mega Man... Yeah. Japan only games up on the PS import section, yeah, but it's yeah. like it's not going to be translated by your own risk because you yeah. need to know Japanese. Or thankfully, the NES Mega Man games don't require a whole lot of yeah. knowledge of Japanese. And I mean, if you find Tobal Two in some other way, they're, they're, they've actually made fan translations for the entire Quest One, which uh, I love. Like this is that's why I had to use the Dex drive for this game because it's right, like I cannot right. figure out where to go next and how to do it and all that stuff. Yeah. And like, there's so much text in the in the Quest mode that it's really yeah. impossible. But like. Uh, yeah, there's certain ways to hack it so you can see sure. the English language in it. Uh, but yeah, that'll do it for Tobal and Tobal 2, oh. a series that never really was. Really. Thank yeah. you for putting this together. I think the last time you hosted one, there was a Metal Gear episode a yeah. while back, years ago, and then yeah. you and Scott Butterworth Jack Grind Radio teamed episode. up for a Jack Grind Radio episode. But uh, if you go to VGEmpire.com or v- at VGEmpire on Twitter, you can find uh, a whole backlog of episodes. They're also on iTunes, on Stitcher. Um, listen to a huge backlog. We just did a Crash Bandicoot episode to celebrate that series turning 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and prior to that, uh, we've had fun stuff all year long. But this being a September episode, that means we are on the precipice of <laughs> Rocktober, and it is happening. And I've been working with uh, I've been working with Hank the Tank, <gasps> aka mm. Henry Quitterooney uh, <laughs> Gilbert. Uh, but we, we also did a Mario episode with him recently because we finally did a Mario episode. Uh, so as he I'm li- presuming you guys are going to do the Family Guy games music? Games games yeah. plural. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's always kind of a surprise, but I'll probably post some teases on VG Empire uh. Twitter just to kind of get some mm-hmm. sense of what, it, what it'll be so you're not just waiting till the exact day. But no Rocktober <laughs> is, uh, in case you don't know, it's it's the show is usually bi-weekly, although this year it has mm-hmm. become more like every three or four mm-hmm. weeks just kind of as we... Tri-weekly. Th- as we find time, try weekly. Quad. Uh, it's a great boss in Mario too, by the <laughs> way. The snakes. Mm-hmm. Um, but Rocktober is a four-week rock block of music where we'll do four in a row. Um, but thanks for listening. Uh, we also do thirty twenty ten, the aforementioned podcast where we look back thirty years ago, twenty years ago, ten years ago, uh, looking at music, movies, TV, and a ki- and of course games. Um, going week by week, what happened that week in eighty six, ninety six, and oh six. Um, we're about to. We'll be talking about Tobal on there. Mm-hmm. Um, we just talked about uh, Persona, the very first Persona, ah. it just came out in Japan, which means it'll be out in the U.S. late in December. Um, we're in the N64 launch, turning 20 years old. Time frame: Mario 64 is 20, Pilot Wings is 20, all that good stuff. But uh, thanks for listening. What song's taking us out? Uh, it's from Tobal number one. Uh, the name of the song is Electric Indian, and it's from uh, Yasunori Mitsuda, who also did yeah. the intro and has like maybe the best, no, close to the best resume of the Tobal One composers. It's it's great. Her, him and Shimamura are yeah. fantastic. Uh, so this is the ending song from Tobal One, and uh, like that game, 
like I said, it's very much a simplistic game. Right. When you beat it, there's no CGI endings. <laughs> it is whichever character walking up to the podium and taking the trophy and posing with it, and they all have like their own little quirks that they do when they go get the trophy. But like, yeah, I just love it because it's it's kind of goofy, but right. it also fits how it's more than we got for Toshinden. Yeah. So uh, playing us out, Electric Indian.